What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode out of character. Hope you enjoyed all the interviews that we did over Royal Rumble weekend that have been coming out over the past few weeks. Really enjoyed getting to sit and chat with Mia Yim, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Charlotte Flair. Awesome guests, super cool conversations. And I really enjoyed getting to be with them in person. Part of it, getting on SmackDown, it's been really cool. Great conversations, so I hope you guys checked all those out. If you've read the subject line of this episode, you're going to be probably a tad bit disappointed with me. It's best of episode, but we will be back strong next week. I'm literally in the middle of prepping for my interview that I'm going to record for that episode it's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it very much. In the meantime, though, hope you guys understand. And and I hope you guys, you know, if you if these are, you know, episodes that you didn't listen to the full thing from, make sure you check it out. Make sure you listen to these parts. Make sure you go back and listen to the full episode. It would be very appreciated. But if you just want a little bit of a snippet of some of these episodes you didn't hear, that's what you're going to get in this best of part five out of character. First up is Bobby Lashley. Man, another guy who was super cool in person. Really enjoyed getting to sit and chat with him when we had this conversation. A lot of things that just blew my mind, like him not watching TV. Still can't believe the guy doesn't watch any TV. That's a that's a trip to me. Anyways, uh, that being said, you know, in that conversation, he and I spoke with the program with Brock Lesnar and how he was disappointed in the first one because it didn't go the way he wanted, didn't get the match he would have liked. And I think that's been a little different this time around. They've had a good feud, and I'm guessing it's not over quite yet. Before we get that, you got to hear this conversation between me and Bobby Lashley from Out of Character. You talk about how, you know, the Finleys and the guys that helped you while you were coming up, how does it feel to be in that position now? It must feel weird to some degree because you were always kind of like coming up and now you're like yeah. that guy where you're helping others. There's a couple different things with some of the people that were wrestling now that are, I, they're not necessarily young in age, but they're young in, in the business. Yeah. Like Riddle's not the super young, but he's young in the business. Yeah. And ooh, he's so flashy, he's so fun and everything like that. But the one thing that we did as a herd business we made him want to fight. And that was the one thing. When you go against me, you can do all this. But I hit you. You're down. I bring out the fighting people. For Apollo, all these different guys, I made him fight. I made him mean. That was a big thing with the herd business. That was my responsibility. And that's my responsibility going forward. Same thing with Theory. He's so clean. He's so smooth. I mean, he has all the tools. I'm going to make him mean. Because right now... Do you think that you'll get in a fight with him? Does he seem like a person that you can go and pull out of wrestling and throw him into a cage and he can handle his own? No, not at all. I can make him. I can make him like that. I can make him mean. Because you're not going to beat me unless you get mean. You're not going to beat me with like a cool flip or a cool this or cool that. So you're not going to beat me that way. You've got to get mean. And if you can get mean, there's there's a time where somebody can slip on a banana rolls me up or something like that, which, yeah. you don't, you're, not, you're not beating me. No. I said... And, and I think the cool thing about that is when those guys need to take that next level, the next step, they've got to beat me. And they have to make these people believe they can beat me. If they don't, then they're never going to get this title. And I think that's, that's, what, that's what I bring to the table. Like, you have to elevate your game. And I think that's important in the wrestling business. 
If you can't elevate your game, you can't make it to that next level. And everybody has. I mean, when Cena came up, that ruthless aggression, you know, you saw that come out of him. Um, but that was at the beginning because he had to step up and he had to get that kind of like aggression out of him. Um, when I was going with Riddle, Riddle was crowd favorite dude and everything like that. But he had to get to the point where he was like, mm, and he got mean and he came after me. And we were like, ah, oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. There you go. Keep coming. Keep coming. Because you need those different levels in the wrestling business. The same thing with with Apollo, the same thing with Ricochet. We were pulling him out. The whole thing we were doing with Cedric. Cedric was so smooth, so flashy. We brought him to the Hurt Business. That's what we kept saying. We was like, stop doing that. MVP's yelling out the ring. Stop doing a little fancy stuff. We don't care about that. Grab him and hold him and throw him down and just beat him. And his game changed a little bit in there. He was fitting into our little, our, our, our game plan and, our, and our, our faction the right way because we were like, stop doing that. But we're about hurting people. You, you grab them, you beat them up. Let them do all that stuff because that's what the crowd wants. And then we grab them, we punish them. And that's what the hurt business was. That, I think that's why I got over so well. Oh, it's definitely why I got over <clears> so well. But I agree, man. Like, I feel like even, I feel like, you know, non-wrestling fans, when they look over, and wrestling fans, anyone, when you hear a pro wrestler and you see a pro wrestler, like, the first thing you think is like, can I fight that guy? And if you think there's a possibility you could, it is harder to like believe in that person. Yep, yep. And that's what I always say. I was like, like, and I and I, I said this promo before way back. I said the reason why I should be the champion is because I not only defend this title against everybody on the roster, but I defend this title against everybody that's not on this roster. The people that are talking trash, like when Conor McGregor said, "I'll go and slap these wrestlers," there were people that stepped up and said, "No, you won't." Roman said it. Brock said it. I'll say it. But there's not everybody that can say that. You know. Yep. So. This title and the titles that hold in professional wrestling are important because we get looked at from the outside and they're like, who's the champion over there? If they want to badmouth WWE or they want to badmouth professional wrestling, they turn to find out who the champion is. They're like, oh, Bobby's here. All right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wait. Bobby Lash and Brock are also both in MMA. Okay, probably shouldn't yeah. they? Maybe I won't mess yeah, with those okay, guys. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of Brock Lesnar, how did it feel for you to finally get that match against him? Because I know, like, from being a fan of yours and being a wrestling fan, it was something that you had been talking about, like, forever, it felt like. So yeah. how did it feel finally getting it? I didn't get it. What do you mean? We didn't have the match. Didn't you guys wrestle at that pay-per-view? Mm -mm. Were you guys... Wait, what? Yeah, I'm just messing with you. I was like, wait, what the f***? I was like, <laughs> and now we're going to cut me out saying the effort, but I'm like, what the f***? I'm like, I'm watching that. That did happen. I'm like, what? I was like, am I crazy? I was like, do I look at the wrong notes here? We, we, did, we didn't get the match. But you got a match against each other. But match. it wasn't the match you wanted? Um, it wasn't the match I wanted because, it, like, there's a lot of things that are involved there, man. I, I, For me, with him, it's 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 a story. It's a, it's a bigger story than just a couple weeks and then we're in a pay-per-view. And, and it's more than just that. Like, we have to, there's, there's, like, I want to train for that match like I'm training for a fight. I need the six weeks or I need the eight weeks. There's a lot of stuff that we could have went into that match. People want to see us fight. People want to see us wrestle. People, people want to see us in a professional wrestling match. They want to see it all. <clears throat> we could have given them all of that within a couple months, but we didn't. So there's still a lot of unfinished business there. And then there was, I pinned him. 
You so did I, pin him. So I won. That's what. Well, I, that's why. Because I was like, uh, I remember that <laughs> ending when you said it didn't I'm like, no, I'm very clear on that finish on how it went down. <laughs> so that's why I'm so confused just now. Um, but okay. But on. But I understand your point now because it was ultimately disappointing in the end. Yeah. Like you asked about fighting, whether or not I want to fight, and I get asked this all the time if I want to fight again. And it's not so much because of the fight, it's because of the training leading up to the fight is what I like. I love that. I love that, I want to say, that mind mess. Is that? This fight, yeah, yeah. Okay, the mind mess <laughs> that you get when you go through preparing for a fight. Yeah. Because there's, when you have a fight, first they send you the contract, you sign your name, all right, this is real, I'm fighting this guy. And then throughout the time, you go through it and you're kind of checking up on him on his Instagram, okay, damn. And you go through all that, and then and then you have the weigh-ins. You stand in front of him, you're like, man, okay, finally get to see this guy. There's all these, all this buildup that you have in your head that you go through with the training for a fight. And and me and Brock need to have that. Um, there should be that Rocky story where I'm running up a mountain, and he's he has a big log on his shoulders. He's doing lunges up a mountain. You know, we need all of that. We need that whole Rocky story involved with that matchup because that matchup's different. And throughout that time, there 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 might be a fight that breaks out before leading up to it that may hinder that fight from happening yeah there's there's all kinds of things that we we pull out answer there and then and then then you have the fight and then you have the match and then, and then there's such buildup and everybody's like man here it is and there's that feeling we didn't get all of that we got the feeling to the point of yes we get to both see these guys in the ring so now we get to see what they look like against each other but there's a lot of things that we didn't get out of that match what do you think well, do you think it will happen? Yes. In the way you want to see it? Yes. Good. Okay, that's what I want to see. Yeah. And I'm imagining, I, 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 now hearing your thoughts on that, I can only imagine how disappointed you were in the way it all ended, too, yeah. with you losing the title. Yeah, and, and I think it's, I think it's well, it's, that, that part's good because I always have my, um, I haven't lost any title. I didn't lose the United States title. I didn't lose the world title. I, nobody beat me for this last time. Um, I think it was Riddle beat Morrison, and then nobody beat me for the world title. So I essentially have both of the titles, and I think I should have them back right now <laughs> because nobody beat me for them. Well, I know you like gold, so I'm sure you'd like to have more here. <laughs> I'll take them all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see how for that reason to be good, but I, I, as a fan, I was like, wait, that's how his title reign ended? Like, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It was frustrating. Uh, it happens. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move on to non-wrestling conversation a little bit. Um, if you could have dinner with any two famous people, who would they be? Oh. Any, any field. They can be a famous bodybuilder. They can be an actor. Anyone. Singer. Um. I'll do I'll do either Mike Tyson or Snoop for one. Okay. For a guy. And I'm gonna put a female in there. I'm gonna say um I'll say it'll be one of three. Of course Beyonce's gonna be in there because I would just like stare at her. <laughs> 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 got 
Beyonce, Lashley, and Tyson would be like the wildest table for three. Like I couldn't picture that table for three right there. Me and Michael just there's just you and Mike Tyson staring at Beyonce, and she's just like, "Are you guys gonna ask me anything?" It's kind of awkward, guys. <laughs> Did you listen to the new Beyonce uh, album yet? No, not yet. It's pretty good. Is? I feel like I actually I should I feel like I'm under I I'm saying pretty good makes it sound like it's not that good. It was good. I liked it. It okay. was it was a good album. It was just weird to hear like a dance album from Beyonce. Well, everybody's moving there. It's, it's just a bigger, bigger fan base, that pop generation. Um, <clears throat> so it, it, living right has to be it, good. anyone. Okay, well let's say living. Okay, we'll go living. Um, Make it easier. <laughs> you know you know I'm I'm a, such a huge fan of right now is Shlameko. Is it? Is that Who's name? that? The bell, uh, bullet, um, the fighter, the girl. Um, oh, Bella oh, Keenan, yes, 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 yes. I think she is awesome. <laughs> I think she's awesome. I, I think, I think everything that she's doing, like, she's got that. She's a badass, but then she, but then she speaks really well, and she keeps herself like almost like a princess, almost like this. She says she seems like a really cool person. So I, I, it would be her, um, a Beyonce. Um, Tyson, Tyson, Snoop, Snoop. Yeah, we're just all. I was gonna say, so your table of three yeah. is table of five. Yeah, you know, but it's fine. All, we'll I'll get all out it. And lastly, in this non-wrestling section, if you could instantly become an expert at something with a snap of a finger, what would you want to be an expert at? Uh, expert at something. Cooking to outdo your son, you know, anything. I just, I just can't see cooking. <laughs> that's, that's one of those arts. I look at that as art. I yep. look at that as the same thing as drawing. If you can draw good, you can, it's, it's the same kind yep. of my first. Oh, be like a Bruce Lee. Ooh. Yeah. It's martial arts expert. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think more of the level of, of that enlightened martial arts or be an actor like a like a like a leonardo dicaprio i was gonna say yeah. you're a little too buff to be a ninja so i could be a ninja no you'd stick out too much they would notice me you'd be way too noticeable you're so big you'd be the least sneaky ninja ever with the hood on you know it's you take out the hood <laughs> all right we'll reach the end here but i like to end every show with a segment i call the finishing move I've done this with you once before, so I gotta change them a little bit. Okay. Uh, what's your least favorite move to be on the receiving end of? Um, man, I'm. I don't say this because I don't want to give credit to anybody. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not good with the German. Okay. I, I don't like going backwards because I, my neck is so stiff. And, and the last time I mean, like even even when I was at. Um, Chad Gable, he went through it and I was like, I just don't, it's just, I, I That seems it. scary. Yeah, it's, I always land on my neck or I land on my shoulder. I remember you did it in the Brock match. In Brock match too, yeah. Yep. I, I completely tore my, I tore my um, rotator cuff and labrum and everything like that. But I'm not one of those guys that are out forever. I was out for two, three weeks and I came right back. Like I couldn't even raise my arm. I still, it's still torn, but I just really? kept going. Yeah. That's crazy. I just kept going. You going to get it fixed eventually? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard because I've, I've, I've kind of protected it. So I've, I've built it up so much. I can't lift as much as I did before, but I'm really close. So I'm super strong with it. But I mean, if they, if they actually went in and looked at it, they would 
be able to still see tears. You can't not tears. Next up is another in-person interview I did. Second timer on the show, Seth Rollins. Seth was the technically the first interview guest that I did for Out of Character when I started recording these episodes. So it's always cool to get him back and get an interview going. Excuse me. It was very cool getting him back on the show, getting to chat with him again. Uh, the guy just has such a brilliant mind for the business. A lot of people hate on the character that he plays, uh, but a lot of people love it, and I think that it's one of those polarizing characters to some degree, you know, the current persona that he's playing right now, but I'm of the camp that really likes it. I love how outlandish it is. I love how macho man-ish it is. We talk about the evolution of his character in this portion of the interview that we uh, included in this week's best of but really, if you didn't listen to that episode, I, I recommend going back and checking it out. It was a dual episode with him and Becky Lynch, both in person at SoFi Stadium. And now, as we get closer to WrestleMania, we're going to see Seth Rollins once again inside of SoFi Stadium, but not being interviewed by me this time. He's going to be wrestling against Logan Paul, it seems. I'm really looking forward to this face-to-face between them next week on Raw. Until then, though, here's a portion of my conversation with Seth Rollins. When did this current version of the character start to click for you? Because I feel like there was like there was the, the Cesaro feud to the Edge feud. It was somewhere in the middle of there when you kind of your character seemed to kind of lose it a little bit. Yeah, um, I was still trying to kind of gather what the character was going to be coming out of my like return from... Um, so I got punted in the face at Survivor Series, left the Messiah character behind, came back with this visionary character, but wasn't really certain of what it was going to look like. Um, got into the story with Cesaro and I kind of still was piecing it together. You know, I had some ideas of what I thought it could be, um, but it didn't really take hold until the Edge story. But the Edge story was so deep that I had all these different emotions to play off of. My point is, the Cesaro story had so many, so much. There was so many legs and different directions we could have taken it. And I think one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't press hard enough to do that. I I feel like we we that's an untapped story that we. If we ever cross paths again, there's such a great story there that we can get to. And it went one way, and it was fine and fun, produced again a WrestleMania banger. But um, I think we had a lot more that we could have done there. Um, and then, yeah, then the Edge story just sort of brought out the best. I mean, I, I think Edge and I are so very similar um, on screen and backstage. We just have very similar mindsets. And I think because I was working with him someone who was very trusted, I was allowed to, you know, and my character had already, you know, kind of planted some seeds in the ground. I was allowed to be a little bit more off the rails. And uh, and then it just blossomed from there, you know? Yeah, when I was going back and I was looking at clips, because I was like, when did the, like, the laugh and the entrance really start to stick? And I went and I was like, I went and watched WrestleMania and it was still more tame. So th- that it, makes sense. Yeah, it was still, like, kind of pulled back and um, scaled down. And I, you know, again, we hadn't, um, drifted into full capacity crowds at that point yet. It was still, you know, we did the WrestleMania, which was half capacity in Tampa, but then we went right back to the Thunderdome until I think like June or something yep. like that, July maybe, Money in the Bank, and then then we were full on. So, you know, you can't really know what's working. Like, you, you, you're, you know, the internet is your only litmus test, and 
God bless you guys out there. Twitter's not great for that. So <laughs> it's much better when you get out in front of a live crowd. You get to do these things in different markets and you get to see what's working in, you know, uh, Poughkeepsie, New York and Montgomery, Alabama. It's two different type setups. So um, once we got that, I really started to get the ball rolling a lot more. So you mentioned the Edge feud and it was super cool from a fan's perspective just to watch that because I think that for a lot of people – that was a dream match for a long time that we didn't think we'd yeah. see. And I'm sure for you it was a dream match as well because you even said the similarities between the two of you yeah, on camera. Yeah. So how cool was it for you now in retrospect to finally get that? Uh, it was better than I expected, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, when we did the segment eight years ago, or whatever it was now, uh, where I had put his head on the briefcase and then threatened to end his life. Um, as one does. Yeah, as one does. Um, <laughs> I never really expected it to turn into, into anything. I never, because, you know, there was never a possibility that he was going to come back. I don't think the thought was ever in his head either. Um, and so I know being on the short list for him when he did come back of people that he wanted to work with, that was always a privilege for me. And I think we both had these ideas of what the story could be like or what it could turn into. But uh, I think working together, especially what kind of moments we were able to produce with the matches as well as the story, I think it exceeded both of our expectations. I had a whole lot of fun um, kind of doing that trilogy. Uh, and I, and I, I, I suspect that, that we may cross paths again at some point before he hangs them up for good. I don't know what his timeline is as far as retirement and stuff like that, but... I feel like anytime you see us on camera together again, whenever it does happen, if it happens, it's like it writes itself. You know, it's it's there. So um, it, well, you went to the man's home. So I, I mean, did. When, I did. When you go to the man's home, it becomes a blood feud. At that I, point. I ate a lot of his apples and drank <laughs> drank a lot of his orange juice. <laughs> did you? Was it your idea? Whose idea was it for you guys to kind of do the home invasion angle? Um, I think it was his idea, his brainchild to begin with. Uh, what it turned into was definitely a collaborative process, but I think it was his idea to do, he wanted to do some more, you know, he's coming from a, the end of the Attitude Era, um, I guess, and then into kind of that, you know, early 2000s where like they did a lot more off-site stuff. And he has the, you know, the famous Cena household and in, not Invasion, but they went and visited John's dad. And uh, so he, he kind of always wants to do those things and they're not always easy because it's, you know, logistically it just doesn't work but we were able to get get it set and i was able to go to Asheville and do it and so yeah i think it was his idea and his push to kind of just do some more different stuff and again it turned into one of these iconic kind of moments that you're gonna you're always gonna remember you know me writhing on his love seat or whatever that <laughs> the was best shot when you're just like yeah, writhing yeah. around like a like a what's it called like dave Chappelle on yeah. Chappelle's show when he's like <laughs> f your couch you know? yeah 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 <laughs> it's funny i never even had that in my head while i was doing it until i obviously it aired and i got back and then i saw um a lot of the memes and i was like oh yeah yeah sure <laughs> enough that's me indeed indeed and i feel like you know just you were talking about how you're having so much fun with this character i i i feel like that is a perfect example of it because it was clear that you were just like losing yourself in the moment and just having as much fun as possible. Yeah, I mean, God, you know, I we, we, I watched a lot of the pandemic product and a lot of the pandemic television, either uh, for whatever we were doing, both companies, I was watching everything and it just, everything felt, even my, you know, even you look at the first uh, kind of Messiah stuff that I was doing, it was all very dark, it was very serious, it was all, it was just not a lot of fun. 
you know, and it was kind of reminiscent of the mood out in the world. But at some point I was like, all right, we got to we got to switch this up, man. You know, you, you looked at kind of what I was doing in the beginning. I think Randy was doing it a lot as well, which is very quiet promos where you're in this empty warehouse and you were able to just talk, which was cool. But at some point I'm like, OK, you know, Roman had come in and also sort of started doing that as well and really perfected the art of it. And so I was like man, we just got, I got to do something else. I got to go the other direction. I got to do something totally unexpected, totally outside uh, of what I've ever done. So let's just go in the opposite direction. Let's go bright and loud and kind of a throwback to a macho man, to a Ric Flair, to a Rick Rude, uh, Ted DiBiase. Like I kind of wanted to go in that direction. And so that's some of the steps that I took to get to where, I, yeah, I was just having a blast chomping apples and making front of Edge's daughter's artwork, you know, so. <laughs> that, that seems like a risk though, you know, from someone who did kind of play a serious character for so long. Were you nervous at all to kind of switch it up and kind of play into the funny side of things more? Um, no, I guess not, now that I think about it. I just always felt like the character was so versatile. I felt like no ma- like I could always do either. It was an easy switch to snap, you know, it was like, um, you know, people have compared the character to the Joker characters, which I never, I never used that as inspiration. I never thought about it that way. I was just always trying to play the story the way I thought my character would and use um, whatever was happening as ammunition for my emotional kind of outburst. And sometimes, so when I was in a great mood, I would let everybody know I'm in a great mood and that's where you get the laugh. But then when I was angry, it would go the opposite direction where you, anything could happen. And so that unpredictability, I just thought that that worked so well. It was never, never my intent. And not, you know, I never really thought of it as a risk. I just thought it would be something different and something that could work with anybody. Number three in the best of goes to Johnny Wrestling, a.k.a. Johnny Gargano. I am part of the Gargano section going way back. Big fan of Johnny Gargano, and I could not have been more excited to see him return to WWE last year. I think that he has so much potential, and even since then, he's only scratched the surface of what he's going to do in the company, but he he is a little more firmly planted, and he, he's got a setup going for future things. I'm looking forward to what 2023 brings for Johnny Gargano here in this interview we talk about his return to wwe and in this portion of the conversation he talks a little bit about his relationship with triple h and Shawn michaels and talking to them about when he was making the decision to to take some time away to have a baby it was a good conversation johnny and i both uh, were friends have been friendly with each other since his pwg days so it's always fun to get someone on the show like that who I have a good relationship with already, so we can just kind of, uh, just, uh, I was going to say a bad word, uh, I was going to say shoot the whatever, but I can't say that because this is a PG podcast, but you know what I mean, so uh, just check out my a brief portion of my conversation with Johnny Gargano from last year. I have a different relationship with, like, Hunter and Sean than a lot of other people. Like, I've known them for a long time now at this point, and I, I've always said they're like my wrestling dads because they are. Like the last time I talked to them was on like Father's Day. I got texts from them like saying happy first Father's Day and things like that because that's been our relationship. So we didn't even really discuss wrestling stuff in the time period I was gone because they knew like I didn't have that on my mind. We kind of just talked about real life stuff, which is also a cool relationship to have. 
That's so wild. Just knowing that you're dressing like just there's pictures of you dressed up as HBK as a child. Yeah. And now you just have HBK just texting you on your first Father's Day, just being like, yeah. Happy Father's Day. Like you got his t action figure right behind you. Yeah, you know? I know. Like <laughs> I know. Like when the baby was born, they were some of the first people to reach out and congratulate us. Uh like even after everything Hunter was going through, I still talk to him all the time. Like we were still in communication. Uh and again, it was very non-wrestling it was all just real life stuff and uh i think that's the cool part of it because it's not just business it's more of a a real relationship and actual you know friendship we've formed over these years yeah that's one thing i've noticed from pretty much across the board everybody who has been brought back since triple h took over as head of creative every interview i've seen with each one of them that they've done that's been kind of like the running theme was like well we continued to talk to them after we left and just kept a normal personal relationship so it would make sense that when triple h did take over that he'd want people he has those relationships with on his team yeah and i i, I do appreciate and look i i was on record even when back in the day like i am a triple h guy i am a Shawn michaels guy when i left like i said like i will always 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 be loyal to hunter and sean for uh what they have the opportunities they have given me and the friendship that we have and the working relationship we have. It was, it was nothing but great times. And that's a big reason, honestly, and everyone should know this about me by now, why I was in NXT for so long. Cause I genuinely, genuinely loved working with those two working with everyone in that environment. I love working with everyone in the NXT locker room, everyone in the office, the writing staff. I said this in my, my final promo, like my final promo that I did on air on NXT was all real. It's from the heart. I wrote it myself. Like it wasn't like people were giving me things to say. Like it was literally like, Hey, go out and have a chance to say goodbye and say the things you want to say. And that is why it was my choice to be in NXT for that long is because I genuinely love the environment I was working in and it felt like a family and coming back now, coming back on Monday night raw, like the environment very much so feels like a family again and that's pretty cool to be a part of yeah and you can feel the the nxt vibe slowly shifting over to the main roster and starting to spread a little bit just just from seeing everyone on tv and seeing just how people are acting and how people seem to be uh more positive and, and in a better mood about everything right now it's definitely a great place man like i i'm so excited to be back i'm so excited to be home uh and i, I i've been home for nine months but to be in my wrestling home again. Uh, Cause as I sat home and, you know, I, I thought about different things. The main thing that always crossed my mind was when I was eight years old. And I said this in my return promo, when I was eight years old, I had a lot of dreams of being intercontinental champion. And I went to WWE events and uh, I wanted to wrestle at WrestleMania and I haven't done any of those things yet. And I couldn't look back on the career I've had and feel fulfilled if I didn't at least try, if I didn't at least give that my best effort. But I'm also aware enough where I want to work in an environment that I love because that's how I operate. I want to work in an environment that I can fulfill my creativity, but also uh, have passion and heart and just everything just be rewarded. And I think like this, this current climate we're working in, it, it, it's a very exciting time for everyone. Well, I want to get to your return promo, and I want to get to uh, the, the the dad life, but I want to ask one thing because you mentioned it 
And before I get past it, I want to get too past it and have uh, Twitter be like, how did you not follow up on that one, Ryan? Uh, you did briefly mention there that they, that people on your team had mm-hmm. other talks. So were, so there, there was possibly, like there were talks with other promotions in your time away a little bit? Yeah, there were conversations for sure. Uh, and, and I mean, we'd be dumb not to have those conversations, right? Uh, especially given everything that was going on, the uncertainty around everything, like who knows what could happen. That, that's the crazy thing about the wrestling business is literally everything can change in the blink of an eye. So the fact that I was able to be incredibly patient, be in no rush to do anything, and that's the big part, the big, I guess, gain I had of all this is I could sit back and kind of survey the landscape and uh, make my decision on a timely basis. I didn't have to be like, okay, I need a job right now. Where are we going to go? Like, I believe everything happens for a reason. Uh, the fact that I was able to have my contract expire in December, have the baby in February and spend as much time with him as possible and kind of just not be in any rush to do things and also not be in any rush to reach out or say, I need to come back now or I need to do this then. Like I said, from December to December, I was fine not doing anything, totally fulfilled not doing anything. And luckily I have people around me that can have the conversation. So I don't have to think about business. I don't got to think about wrestling. They can all talk about that stuff. And all I can worry about is dad life. Uh, but like I said, I watch everything. I am a fan of wrestling. And for me, it just felt like I wanted to go to the place that would, I don't know, the place that not only could utilize me best, but also a place where I already have a relationship with Hunter and a relationship with a lot of people backstage. Like that was the big thing for me. I'm all about relationships. I'm all about uh, the familiarity. And as soon as the change happened, I think there was really only, only one option in my head. Last up, another in-person conversation. Love those in-person conversations. No offense, Zoom. I know you have been good to me, Zoom, but it's always much more pleasing to have an in-person, face-to-face conversation. And that's what I had with Kayla Braxton. She was in town. Now she is a is a Hollywood local. You could see it on her Instagram stories. She was just making the move when she did out of character, but she was in town. When I found out she was going to be at the studio, I jumped on the opportunity to bring her over to the out of character set and get a conversation going with her. And I really felt like, you know, we we see these people on TV every week and you don't know always if it's a character, if it's a real person. And with Kayla, you know, we really got to see who she is here in this conversation. Learned a lot about her, her past, you know, or how she got to WWE. Uh, so much and 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 just really like she's such a joy to be around it was such a nice conversation uh she is someone who is uh just so talented in what she does and so getting to pick her brain a little bit and get to know her better was one of my favorite episodes that's why it made the added character so here's a brief portion of my conversation with kayla braxton uh, how long did it take you to feel comfortable as a backstage interviewer hmm a lot, well, because it's just so different. I hosted a morning show before, and we know how WWE is and how it's a lot of, you know, scripted situations. That's no secret. Um, it's hard to, like, you're not, rea- it's not a real reactionary thing. So it's just hard. It's like acting. So it took me a little bit to kind of get in the groove. And there's all these nuances, you know, that we have here. So it definitely, it, it took some time. But that's, I started NXT as the backstage interviewer there. But then they switched me over to ring announcer. 
for a while. Yeah. Glad that's over. <laughs> um, I knew immediately. I was like, my voice doesn't make those noises. Also, you have to memorize a lot for those, I feel like. A lot of memorizing. Yeah, I couldn't memorize everyone's like weight and height and all that. Listen, so our ring announcers do not get enough credit. Uh, Samantha, who's pretty new, got thrown into it. Holy cow. The pipes on that woman. And then Mike Rome. I say the ring announcers who make it look this is one of the most stressful jobs, I think, in this company, but no one gets it. They go out there and make it look easy. Uh, but that is not an easy job at all. My so my anxiety went like through the roof every single time. You don't know if your voice is going to crack. You have to like have certain inflections on like every people's names. I mean, it is. It's, I think it's by far one of the top stressful jobs here. I don't think. I think I was gonna say. I think all the jobs you guys make all the jobs look easy in WWE. Like you guys make looking the backstage interviews look so easy. And then I did one a few weeks ago for SummerSlam. <laughs> It was so scary doing <laughs> that. Like, you guys make it look so easy. Just, like, holding the microphone yeah, in the right spot. The yeah. that, it's underestimated how hard that is to make sure it's in the right spot. Yeah. Just it's to make sure you're get, picking up everything yeah. and then, you know, not overpowering the interview mm -hmm. and, like, not yeah. shaking your head too much. It's yeah. a lot that goes into it. it. It is a lot. It is a lot. But I think I've kind of done it for so long now, I feel like it's just kind of, you know, second nature. But Do you remember who your first backstage interview was with? I really don't. No? I really don't. I'm trying to think back to NXT days. On the main roster, some of my first, my, one of my first on the main roster was actually Roman, back at Shield days. Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin, I think all of them on a paper, one of my first pay-per-views. So I remember those because I keep popping up through my Facebook memories. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to find it on Peacock. The only one I saw, because it says on Wikipedia, I think it says like your first one's like battleground i think that's when i yeah but then i couldn't find you actually i only saw you standing there for an interview i couldn't find you actually yeah. talking yeah i don't remember yeah in it, yeah i don't <laughs> do you remember do you have any like embarrassing story like an embarrassing story from your time either as a backstage interviewer or oh i'm sure every single week i just <laughs> i just kind of forget about it uh when i was a ring announcer i fell through the stairs i was trying to get into the and there was like a little hole there oh. uh, that happens um and then i was so i was so new and so flustered i got in the ring and i'm like about to cry because now i've forgotten everything i was supposed to say but what was really cool it was like one of those small house shows the crowd started like clapping for me and then they know the stats because our fans are just like they know everything yes they did my ring announcement for me it was like really cute um one time i was newer on the main roster i had to interview aj styles Going live, blacked out. Have no idea. I just, I just forget. I, I just see you like red and black in my. And AJ is such a professional. He sees me tense up, and he just takes it and goes. No one knew anything, but I. That was that was terrifying. No one said anything. It was like business as usual. Just a pat on the back afterwards. Yeah, like all right, kids. You know. Uh, that's crazy. So you just. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, that was. That's. Uh, yeah, that hap that anxiety before you go live is. We all know it's it's a real thing. The first episode of Backstage, I remember going like, oh, so this is taped, right? And they were like, no, this is yeah. live. Brad, he was like, no, this is live. And I was like, oh, oh okay, I'm doing this whole thing live. Got it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it was terrifying. That's, that's a skill set that takes a while to – now everything that we do is pretty much live, so – but yeah, I miss the weird energy between you and Paul Heyman on Talking Space. Me too. Oh, that was so, it's such a fun era of that show. You know, like I loved working with Paul and I didn't know him well before we started doing that. And I was like, who is this loud, obnoxious man that I have to sit next to who talks over me the whole time and just hijacks the show? Like it was like, I was like, who is this? And then um, after like a few weeks, I'm like, he the, 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 the mind of that man, he's just such a, like a brilliant human being. And I can't ever say enough good things about how much he's helped me grow like i don't think if i hosted that show with anybody else i would have uh flourished as much as i think i had uh, over the last couple of years 
um, he, he gets it. You know, he's been around for forever. And yeah, I, I hope I hope he can do something again down the line because he, he was fun to work with. Well, it's cool to hear that you feel that way about talking smack because you were put in a, like an uncomfortable position initially yeah. having to fill the shoes of Renee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was it was almost I remember watching Renee do those kickoff shows when I was newer. I'm like, wow, how does she do that? I, was like, I don't think I could ever do that. And then it was so quick to where I went from not really doing much to Michael Cole's like, all right, Kayla, you're doing kickoff shows from now on. I had never done one. And guess what kickoff show was coming up? My first one, WrestleMania. Oh, no. <laughs> I, cool. What could go wrong? And Michael Cole, he's so he's good at just reading energies, I feel like. And he the way he calms me down is not even he pretends like there's nothing like it's like, hey, oh, yeah, you'll be fine. And then just walks away. And so I guess that's like, oh, you because he's giving me all the confidence in the world that he knows I can handle it. Because if he had like freaked me out, all right, Kayla, you better go you know, spend all this time. Like, he never did any of that. And then that was the two the two day WrestleMania in Tampa that we had to do rain delays. So now I'm having to ad lib for an extra hour. It was just a whole. But man, I mean, I guess I couldn't have asked for a way to be thrown into into the kickoff shows. I love them. I think it's important to have that person like Michael Cole who believes in you. Yeah. Like when you have. I- I- I think that when you're a creative person, like you're so caught up in your head, but when you have that one person who's like, no, I believe yep. in you, you got this, and you're good. And that's how he's done and it's given me the confidence because, yeah, the moment someone kind of instills their own doubt in your ability, of course I'm going to sit here and I'll doubt myself. But if you're like, hey, look, you got this. This is cake. You do stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I can I can totally do this. And they've kind of let me have free range and just be myself on those kickoff shows and trying to the guys, the four guys I have to deal with and calm them. Like it is, a, it is always a disaster. Not a disaster, but just like that is a lot to get them all to be quiet, so I can like transition to the next element of the show. Um, but man, it is so. It's one of my favorite things. It's my. I look forward to it every month. It's so much fun. Yeah, I, that that seems tough to to get all those strong personalities <laughs> oh, yeah. to like yelling hey. over each other. I'm like this little like four eleven girl is like, <laughs> we gotta go to break. <laughs> and Booker T's a strong personality. You know when he's in there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I love working with Booker. Man, he's oh, he's one of a kind. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah, he called me out on the first episode uh, backstage <laughs> and was like, "I oh, get your beard fixed, buddy." Or something <laughs> like that. I was like, "Oh, nice meeting you too, Booker T." Oh, he's so <laughs> but he's good. great. Yeah, yeah, I love him so like much. Such a legend, and he just does so much to help. And it's always really appreciative, you know, guys like him and JBL who've been in the business, who have all this stuff going on uh, outside of here that they look they are eager to, to sit on those panels or come onto the bump or do it's talking smack or, or, or sorry, uh, smackdown lowdown and, and raw talk. Um, and again, like lear- learning from the best. I mean, come on. Like it's I never would have thought I'd be hosting a panel with two legends and P- Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding Peter. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that JBL, it's funny, uh, you know, because he was a heel for so long and whatever you hear about him from the past or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you get kind of like, he seems like he'd be an intimidating guy, but he's like the nicest he's guy. So, in person. Like, he's so nice. Again, he's just, he's always so happy to be there. And then Kevin, uh, one of our, my favorite hires that we've had in WWE the last couple of years, Kevin Patrick is amazing. He is one of the kindest souls I've ever met. So happy to, to be at work. Um, I can talk about, he's such an encourager. We got, we're really lucky that we were able to snag him. He, uh, I saw him at SummerSlam too, and he showed me that picture you took of his back where it was. Oh, yeah, the Batman. Batman. It was awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was so sweaty. It was so hot out there so that he had hot. like, it was crazy. Like, she took a picture where it was like his back and it looked like the Batman logo. Yeah, was, he was in, in front sweat of yeah. On his back. Yeah, it was no. crazy. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to be in your shoes one day? Um, I've always given the same advice, and that's just take initiative, you know, like 
unfortunately, I feel we live in a live in a time where a lot of the, the, the younger kids coming up think they're going to go to college and then a job is going to be sitting there and waiting for them. And especially in this business, you got to hustle, you know, when I was uh, in college, I was starting my own YouTube shows and they were horrible, but it was like I was getting my own experience. I was learning how to shoot and edit and write and host. And I even had my own little staff. And um, and then, you know, people take notice of that. People take notice of the hard work. And that's that job is what landed me that like out of college, having my own TV segment in the top 20 TV market in Orlando, Florida. That's unheard of. Um, but they saw that initiative that I took and saw, knew that I would work hard. And then it just continues to go on. So uh, don't be afraid of hard work. Don't be afraid of rejection. Um, don't get complacent in this job because there's someone right on your heels that are ready to slide in. Uh, I don't miss work. I don't miss SmackDown. You know why? Because the, the day I'm gone, they're going to see someone else on that screen and they could like them better. I'm not going to give anyone the opportunity to take my spot. Not trying to get wild. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I think that's it. Just really take, take, take the initiative, um, even if it's uncomfortable. And uh, I think it, it'll pay off. I think people underestimate the amount of work. You know, I, I think that, you know, even you, you know, people who don't see you working behind the scenes will, would probably think like, oh, everything's so easy mm -hmm. for her. But like, you know, oh, writing and producers and blah, blah. But like I said, like even here, you were like suggesting topics for when you're being interviewed. Like you're constantly working behind the scenes. So it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that, that you were always hustling and doing mm -hmm. all those things because I think that ultimately like you never stop working if you want a, a job like yours. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can get to a point, but I'm not there yet. I'm still a young 31 and no kids. Thank God. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm at a point to where I, I don't want to get caught up and just like get really comfortable and stay in St. Petersburg, Florida and keep doing the same thing. I could have a great job, with, but like what else is out there? Like there's just there's an endless supply of, of opportunities. You just got to go out there and get it and you can't wait for it to just pop in your lap. Yep. Yep. I mean, like you said, you were what, from Alabama, right? That's yeah. where you came from. Like you can you can do it from anywhere as long yeah. as you have the initiative and yep. the drive. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we've reached the end here, but I like to end every episode of the show with a segment I call the finishing move. You don't have a finishing move, so I can't really ask you about you. There it is. Graphic. <laughs> graphic. Uh, you don't really have a finishing move, so I can't ask you the same questions I would ask everyone else, but I'm going to change it a little bit. Okay. Uh, who is your favorite person to do backstage interviews with? Jeez. Uh, Paul Heyman. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Just makes your job easier. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just so much fun. It's just so ridiculous, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Just like even the backstage interviews between the two of you guys are so funny just because what's the word that he uses about you liking him uh, oh god oh he calls me a sapio uh sapiosexual yes. lust for him yes oh uh, Sami Zayn's another one i've i don't Sami Zayn is the most entertaining character we have on television every single week i tell him that he's hilarious if y'all didn't catch smackdown this past friday his thing with the usos and with little us in the ring i mean everything that he does and if you watch Sami Zayn. Like, I, I watch him backstage getting ready for his stuff. I've never seen anyone. I mean, everyone is very passionate and does a lot of hard work. But Sammy is just a whole different kind of uh, breed of entertainer. You can tell how much he cares and is passionate. And doing interviews with him is so much fun because we can riff off of each other and figure out the way the audience will perceive it. That man is, he's hes brilliant. I love to hear you say that because he's, I, I think he's my favorite wrestler yeah. in all of WWE. Like, I told him that when he was on the show once too. And I, I, I feel like it's, He's just so well-rounded, and he's and yep. he's and he's on a different level of like what when he's thinking about exactly. his character. He has a very different mind. And yeah, it's really, it's just really fun to watch him just kind of break down, you know, something and then create this like magic. And it's like it's really his brain. A lot of it's his brainchild, you know. Yeah, he 
everything with him and Jey Uso right now is it's so funny. So funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It is funny. the funniest. Like, again, this week was one of my favorite moments I had to find him after. I'm like, you in there, like, trying to motion in to get a hug, and then you just kind of pat him on the back. It's like, it's every little facial expression and movement is so perfect. And him being like their hype man that they yeah, don't want. Yeah, no, no, exactly. He's over there like. <laughs> <laughs> he also took the mic and he said, uh, Growing up as a young honorary <laughs> oos, and they were like, what? <laughs> <It's> so great. <laughs> All right, that was this week's best of. I hope you enjoyed it. If you hadn't, if you hadn't already heard all of those conversations, if you had already heard them and you listened to them again, bless you. You're 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 a blessing to my heart. But if you're one of those people and you've made it this far. Go hook it up with a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on if it lets you do as such. Also, make sure you follow WWE on Fox on social media. Go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find clips from Raw SmackDown throughout the week. Lots of stuff in the community tab, but you can also find Out of Character with Ryan Satin on video Every Wednesday morning, and then we're posting clips from it. We're posting reels. We're posting stuff, so you're going to want to go follow us at WWE on Fox. Go subscribe on YouTube. You will not regret it. Come on. What do you? What else do you subscribe to on there? Come on. This is If you're a wrestling fan and you're not subscribed to us on there, you are slipping, my boy or girl or whoever, whatever, they, them, whatever you are, and you're listening, you're slipping. So go subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. All right, like I said, I'll be back next week, I promise, with a brand new interview. It's going to be someone I guarantee you're going to want to hear from. And and I will be back on Friday with another SmackDown Roundup. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been a best of edition of Out of Care.